Drinks, food, art, fun. This is Hops and Spirits, Kentucky. Can I call this summer or does that officially start on Memorial Day weekend? Either way, I hope you're having a great start to your week. You had a great weekend and I hope things are going well for you. we got a great episode as we head into the hoppy world and talk with Aridness Brewing out of Russell, Kentucky. Don't know where that is. Well, it's in, just above Ashland, so way northeastern Kentucky where we haven't done a whole lot. But before we get into that, what's pouring around Kentucky? Some news and notes of the state. The party source in Newport recently announced its Merchants Club Bar will be opening inside of the store this summer in the former Braxton Lab space. Merchants Club will pay homage to the original Merchants Club that was located on 4th Street in Newport in the 1950s, which was part of the underground gambling scene operating as a restaurant and casino. Although the new club will not offer any sort of gambling or illegal activity, nods of the past can be found in the rich branding, well-made cocktails, and being the only club where everyone's a member. Heaven's Door Spirits, the whiskey band founded by Bob Dylan, recently announced its plans to open a new distillery in Pleasureville, Kentucky. Quietly under development since 2017, the distillery has been producing small batches of bourbon since 2018. The Heaven's Door Distillery features two separate stillhouses, a visitor center with tasting rooms and lounges overlooking the valley and Six Mile Creek, an 18th century gristmill, two 18th century cabins, and a barn, all of which have been painstakingly restored. Heaven's Door Distillery plans to open its doors to the public in September 2023. And in addition to the distillery, Heaven's Door has announced it will open a unique brand experience in a former church in downtown Louisville. The brand experience will house a small live music venue, a private event space, and a restaurant bar featuring one of the largest selections of American whiskeys in the country. Heaven's Door Brand Center will include uh, plans to construct a new 15,000 square foot immersive art experience adjacent to the church, which will feature a collection of Bob Dylan's critically acclaimed paintings and metalworks, as well as curated exhibitions of other artists. Sounds like it'll be a cool spot. And in Lexington, the Budweiser Clydesdales are heading to the Chevy Chase Inn for its 90th anniversary celebration. You can meet the iconic horses on Wednesday, May 31st. For the festivities, during the event, Euclid Avenue from South Ashland to High Street will be closed, so plan accordingly. And Lakeside Live is returning to Lexington Green after taking a break the past few years starting Friday, June 23rd. Residents are invited to bring their own chairs to enjoy live music, food, and drinks for the six scheduled shows as part of the Summer Concert Series. And uh, while you're there, you can also check out some uh, swans, geese, ducks, and the critters there at the lake. But up next is our Q&A with Aridness Brewing. Tea and Tap House. You heard that correctly over in Russell, Kentucky, as we talk with co owners Kristen and Justin Matthews. Enjoy. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our Q&A this week, they're the co-owners of Aridness Brewing. I had to say that first because uh, Justin had to tell me this like four times before we went on air. Please welcome in the co-owners, Kristen and Justin Matthews. Hi, thanks welcome. for having Thank us. And, and I said it correct. Am, am I right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I had it in my head and I was like, if I don't introduce the brewery first before y'all, it's going to go really badly. <laughs> we totally understand. Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, I'm going to ask this question at some point, but um, how badly have people mispronounced y'all's name? Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, before we even opened, when we announced like new brewery coming, uh, we're super excited. Um, we kind of and we kind of unintentionally um, had a pun like, you know, uh, you know, they 
kind of uh, played on the end of our name. We got a lot of poop jokes, in jokes. other words. So. Yes. Um, and our and stinky beer, like before we even made beer. And uh, so, but that, like they say uh, in marketing, any publicity is good publicity. So we were just like, okay. And, you know, we addressed it. Yeah, we said it's all about perception and pronunciation. You know, we realized it is a hard word to pronounce. But, uh, you know, and we've also had people that they say, I didn't even recognize this. I didn't even notice that word. They, it's, it just, some people just gloss over it. So it just, it just depends. But, but there was a little bit of a, a buzz, if you will. <laughs> well, some, like you said, the, the PT Barnum theory, all publicity can be good publicity if, with the right thought process. Now, before we get into the brewery and everything that you, in the, that you guys do there, I call this worth the cliff notes. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Not too much because I've, of course, got questions to ask. So just uh, the cliff notes version about yourselves. You go first. Or... You go first. Okay. Uh, Justin Matthews. I, my, I own Aridus Brewing. My wife, I'm originally from Southern West Virginia, Bluefield to be exact. Went to Marshall for undergrad and grad school um, and then started brewing beer about 12 years ago. From my first batch, I thought this would be fun to do. I'd, I'd love to do this and never really took the jump. Um, then Kristen and I started seriously talking about it. So I, I still have my full-time job. I work as a economic researcher at Marshall University. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much me other than some of the quirks. I think, yeah, fly fisherman, huge Dodgers fan. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just Justin. <laughs> and I'm Kristen and um I am from Ashland, Kentucky, and um my family is from here. And my I have two moms and they own um a few different businesses. And I have uh, my education and background is in marketing. And so I helped them launch and start their businesses uh 10 years ago. And then when Justin started talking, we actually met 10 years ago or yeah. uh, 10 years ago. And um, so he has always talked about wanting to be a brewer and um, it was kind of a pipe dream. And for his 40th birthday, I really pushed him on it. And we had a really cool experience that we may tell you about if you ask the question. Um, but it's a lengthy story. It's though. a lengthy story. <laughs> um, but uh, so we decided to pull the trigger on doing this together. But my interest and background um, is also in herbalism and um, making handcrafted herbal teas and products. And I started doing that um, as a side gig about six years ago. And so whenever I kind of helped push Justin into this, I'm like, isn't it cool? We're both brewers. What if we did a tea and tap house? Um, and then that's kind of how we rolled through into what we are now. Now, now, now um, did you, Kristen, did you also go to Marshall or did, where did you? So I went to um, Moorhead State. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to say, Justin, I'm, I'm not going to hold it against you, but I, I grew up in West Virginia, even though I live now in, in Lexington. I, I grew up uh, a WVU fan. But yeah. I will say this, in the small world of things, I worked down in Bluefield at the Daily Telegraph doing sports and, and covered a lot of Bluefield sports, lived in Princeton for a bit, and then Beckley. So it's a small world sometimes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And I'm not used to everyone I know is a WVU fan pretty much that, that I, I grew up with. So I won't hold it against you. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. And you touched on it. Now, how are you? Uh, obviously, you know, growing up in, in West Virginia and going to Marshall, I get the outdoorsy, the fly fishing, things like that. How are you a Dodgers fan? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I get that question all the time. Um, so my dad is a 
huge Dodgers fan. Uh, so growing up, it was kind of ingrained in in my uh, in in my in I guess my lessons learned growing up. Um, I have friends and and people that will say, "Oh, you're a bandwagon fan. You don't like them until they were good." But I keep a picture on my phone of my first birthday where I was given my first Dodgers hat, and it's just been downhill since then. It's just yeah, it, it's something that I just grew up watching. I I remember the '88 World Series. But not as much as I remember the most recent one, which you know was was a great day. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the long and short of it. Just my dad, Dodgers fan, and you know here I am. And and then you guys, you touched on this, Kristen. You know, obviously, you both were in a sense home brewers, one with tea and and one with beer. And and you know how, I mean, I feel like that's something that doesn't happen as often as as one might think. <laughs> Um, Justin, I had very little interest in beer when we met and he had very little interest in herbs or any kind of like hippie, holistic woo-woo stuff. Um, that is all me. So um, we teach each other things all the time, but um, it's been really cool to uh, try to figure out how we can collaborate and kind of do, do some cool pairings and interesting things with tea and beer together. Yeah, we actually just we did. Just did uh... one. Our first collaboration, uh, we took one of our most famous, uh, most popular beers is our Red Devil Ale. It's an Irish red. Um, I kind of modified the recipe a little bit, and we combined it with one of her uh, tea blends that she put together, and we made kind of a, a tea-infused beer. And uh, it we did a small batch. It was a test batch, so there was a very limited amount, but people loved it, and uh, it, it's kind of given us the, uh, the the motivation to try to do a few more uh, collaborations. Yeah, because you hear a lot about collaborations in the beer world, two breweries working together, but a, a, a tea and uh, you know, beer working together is, is not common. So we're, we're doing what we can and making good stuff. Well, and, it, and it's cool to see collaborations, especially when, you know, they're, they're right there together and that that's kind of an extra fun thing. And, and you, you touched on this um, as well, you know, kind of pushed him on his, on his 40th birthday to go, go for it maybe. Um, but obviously it's different to, to take, that step and i'm guessing justin did you have an idea for a brewery at ever any point or were you just enjoying homebrewing you know i i enjoyed homebrewing um like i said the very first batch i did and i it's funny talking to other people that are homebrewers and uh the commonalities of the mr beer kit it was a mr beer kit that i used and i had a lot of fun with it and it was it was a lot different than what you know i transition to what I'm doing now but just the fact that I made beer that was drinkable and my friends liked it and you know my family liked it and it was, yeah, it was fun and it was one of those things it was it was my happy place that I didn't know was my happy place until I did it and I just said this would be fun to do this would be fun to do but never had the uh the confidence because as as most brewers will tell you you're your own worst critic um so I did not think anybody would would like the beer I mean I was like oh yeah it's drinkable but whatever but as as I started making more and had people say, I'd buy this, you know, you should sell this. And I, I the wheel started turning and yeah, I'm not the risk taker being an economist. I, I analyzed everything from all sides. So I wasn't willing to take the risk, but Kristen is, is the dreamer in the relationship and, and the pusher. And so I yeah. already pushed my moms into creating a business out of their hobbies and passions. And, uh, I knew that it could work and I knew that Justin's beer was good. And so, uh, we, we took a trip for his 40th birthday to Sedona and the mm. Grand Canyon. And uh, that was a, it was his 40th birthday trip because we actually went to see the Dodgers at spring training, which was a bucket list. <laughs> but we uh, 
we went to Sedona for me. And um, when we were there, we went into a little like crystal shop and the lady ran up to Justin, like had not talked to us, like really other than pleasantries. Freaked me out. And he was freaked <laughs> out. And she's just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't do this. But you are. In she said, I have to talk to you about to something. To you about I, something. I never do this. And I was freaking out because I was like, something's going on. Should we not get on this plane to go back to Cincinnati to go back to Ashland? And, you know, could I, I've. I'm a hypochondriac anyway, so I always assume the worst. And I was like, oh, no. But um, yeah, she ran up to me and she said, you know, you're in the process of planning something. Um, it's going to change your life. It's going to be big. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. But most importantly, don't talk yourself out of it. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. And uh, it, it kind of like it was the, the weirdest thing that ever has ever happened. But as we walked out of the store, I told Kristen, I said, I think we're going to open a brewery because that was the <laughs> only thing like and it was just weird how it worked and we jokingly say Kristen says yeah I've been pushing you for years to do it and it took one hippie lady in Arizona to to do that and people say oh Kristen snuck in and paid her off beforehand <laughs> like no I really didn't but yeah it was, it was just one of those moments where you know the, the there was a message that was sent that it needed to happen well and, and clearly here you here you are today and was the original idea to do the tea and tap room together or, or or how did that kind of evolve? Because they're not the normal things you see paired together. They work, but they're not normal together. Right. We, uh, so I used to do handcrafted teas um, and more for medicinal benefits. I, my grandmother had COPD and um, nothing really helped her. And then I started making her um, an herbal tea that really helped and she told everybody at church about it. And so then I'm making teas for migraines and I'm making uh, salves for arthritis. And um, she started telling all of her friends. And so then I'm like, I could do this. So I started taking um, online herbalism certification classes and then selling my teas on Etsy. And then we were talking about the brewery and I'm like, what if I sold my teas here? And then it kind of evolved into what it is. But being um, in marketing, I'm like, okay, it's always easier. Somebody's invented the wheel first to go see if somebody's done this. We could not find any tea and tap house combination anywhere in this in the United States. And then even tea rooms were really rare. And it was more like a formal sit down kind of tea. And so then we're just like, ah, nothing really fits the vibe that we want to create. So we're just going to have to do it ourselves. So we have a cozy blend of like tea room, like tap room kind of vibe. So we have like cozy overstuffed chairs and couches and um, a dining room where we have game shelves and things like that. Yeah, it, it fit in perfectly with what we envisioned because, you know, we knew we wanted to open up a brewery and didn't want it to be misconstrued with a bar. So, you know, having the tea, having having a, a, a significant selection of non-alcoholic beverages for people who might not be into beer or they might not want a, a glass of wine. It, it just made sense because we wanted everybody to feel like we had a, a product and, and services that, that they would want. Um, people could bring their kids and, and have tea, a tea party with their kids and play games. And the next family over might be having a couple beers while they play games with, you know, with their kids. It's just, it just fit the whole, the whole, I guess, plan that we had in our mind of making it a, a place for, for people to gather and just enjoy being with each other. And for everyone to feel special and not like an afterthought. So everybody can get a craft handcrafted beverage um, that's unique and not just, you know, a soda or a water. And we pushed that the whole, like Kristen mentioned the cozy vibe. Um, 
we do get comments about this, particularly on days when UK plays basketball, but we don't even have TVs because we want this to be a place where you can focus on, uh, you know, family. your family yeah. and your surroundings. But yeah, I tell people when someone says, you need TVs in here, UK's playing. And I mean, it's it's the truth. For every one person that tells us we need TVs, we have about 10 that say, I'm so glad you don't have TVs. This is just the best vibe. You know, it's it's like hanging out. We've We've been compared to hanging out in your friend's living room. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That that goes back to that family friendly, that all welcome. And, you know, you st you're starting to see a lot more of that where there is an option for everyone, because if there's a group of four and one doesn't have an option there, guess what? They're probably not going to go there because they don't want to leave that person out. And it sounds like you guys are able to, to have something there for everyone. And, you know, the name, how did you guys settle on the name? What was the thought behind it? What's the meaning behind y'all's name? Well, so so what we, we explain to people is, um, and this this is you know, probably something worth discussing anyways, Russell was not our first location. Um, we had gone down to Florida and visited Crazy Dingo Brewing. And the way they had set up is they were located on a farm where there was a farmer's market and they brewed beer outside. They served outside. You could drink your beer. You could go check out the plants. You could go. You know, they had see rescue animals, animals yeah. that like cows and chickens and ducks and, and you could was, feed yeah. them. And it was just a really cool vibe. And people had their families there. And yeah. so we were like, Man, and it kind of motivated work. us. Yeah, it, it worked. And uh, we, you know, Kristen's mom's had Dragonfly Outdoor Adventures on a little Sandy. And we're like, what if we did an outdoor brewery at the little Sandy? I mean, it would be seasonal. It wouldn't be open year round, but that would be, that would be cool to do. So we started looking at names that were associated with the river. And Aridness is Latin for river. And it's also a constellation. Um, there's some trains coming by, so I might have to talk a little louder. This, this but, is a usual yeah. thing <laughs> but, uh, to talk over train noise. Yeah, we don't even notice it half the time because we're so used to it. We haven't mentioned this, but we're in a historic train depot, so trains are kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, so uh, the Arrhenius is river. Um, it's a constellation, and, and even though we did not end up on the Little Sandy River, the Ohio River is such an important part of this area, and it's it's built... Yeah, I tell people it sounds cheesy, but it's true. It's built communities, it's built economies, and it's built people's dreams. And uh, you know, this is this is our dream, and we wanted to be a staple in the community and and help uh, you know uh, stimulate the local economy. So you know, there we go, Ohio River. We you know you get a lot of bad press, but we're we're giving you a shout out. We're two blocks away from the Ohio yeah. River, and uh, so we were the we were the start of a revitalization of a sleepy downtown. Um, so that's also been really cool to be on the like basically the forefront um, of that kind of revitalization effort. I was gonna say, I mean, when when you guys ended up in, in Russell, how did that that happen, and how did you guys find the, the the train depot there? And I know that wasn't an easy thing either to get into that 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 building. <laughs> no, that was that was pretty difficult. But um, we actually, so my parents, uh, in addition to having Dragonfly Outdoor Adventures, they have um, a catering service as well, Dragonfly Outdoor Cafe. And so, like I said, I was ingrained really heavily in their companies and um, helped with catering opportunities and things like that. And a local business owner had them cater one of her functions and we got to talking and she has a lot of businesses. And I just said, you know, we're actually looking at opening a brewery and we're right now kind of shopping around where we want to put it. Um, so if you hear of anything or you think there would be a good fit, kind of let us know. And she stopped and she's like, oh my gosh, downtown Russell needs you. She said, I'm going to get you a meeting with the mayor. We're going to make this happen. And it wasn't like three days later, we were sitting down with the mayor of Russell and he's like, okay, 
let's see what we can do. And so he's racking his brain and the city actually owns this train depot and it had sat empty for over 10 years. It was a, a train museum and then a senior center. Um, and then they got a grant and had a really nice senior center built. So it was just storage and sat empty for a long time. And so they asked us if this would fit and we did a yeah. walkthrough. And well, we told him, we said, we want a location on the river. We want parking and we want a spot for a food truck. So he called us and he said, I got a location. It's got parking, a spot for a food truck, but it's not on the river. And he said, would you consider looking at the train depot? And, and Kristen and I, had, as we had driven through Russell, like that, you know, that'd be a cool little place to be a brewery. And it, and it looks small. That's one thing, you know, it is truly bigger on the inside because a lot of people say, I don't see how you fit a brewery in there. And then they walk in, they're like, oh, this is the same size as one that I visited in Tennessee, one I visited in Ohio. But, uh, but yeah, it just, once we walked in, you know, we jokingly say that there was no heat, there was no electricity. It was, it was January. There was snow <laughs> on the ground and we walked in and I mean, we literally could not feel our feet, but we knew that this is the place, you know, we didn't exchange glances. We didn't talk, but Kristen knew it. And I knew it as soon as we walked in the doors to what is now the brew house, um, even with all the storage and, and all the mess were like this. We saw it. We saw the vision and knew that this was the home of Rindus Brewing. And it took a year and a half from that date for us to open. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, um, because it's a historic train depot and there are lots of rules and regulations to follow. Um, but it was a labor of love. So we knew that we knew it was going to work. We just had to have the patience to get it to opening date. So, and a lot of it too was just being prepared to be a brewery because the brew house, uh, I guess back in the day, used to be the luggage holding area. And there was, while there was power, there was no water, there was no drainage, um, and the electricity was not up to what really needed to, to run the, the brew house. Um, so we had to wait for some plumbing, wait for some electric to be done. And, uh, you know, it was uh took a long time because at that time it seems like everybody was getting stuff done um and a lot of the you know it was hard to find workers but we found people that did it and like Kristen said a year and a half after we set foot in here it was funny because we kept saying you know we announced our location and we had a tentative opening date and then we kept having to push it and kept having to push it and people started to kind of wonder if we actually were going to open and the you know the permitting part that we thought was going to take the longest was done in weeks so we, you know, we had the ability to brew beer. We just didn't have, you know, a way to do it. We we're still waiting on everything, but, uh, but it worked out and, and here we are a little over a year and a half now. So I was going to say, I mean, being in a historic building, I think that's another thing people don't always realize. Yes. There's a lot of regulations when it comes to brewing, distilling, things like that, but historic properties are not exactly easy to do a whole lot of things to just on a whim. <laughs> Everything has to be planned out and approved. Um, but this building had so much character. Like, I mean, it's the original walls. We have uh, the original ticket window inside, and it's got a bullet hole in it from where it was held up sometime in the 40s. Um, light the light People fixtures are bottom, all original, but... and they're the industrial look. And so it's come back into fashion, but they're actually original to the building. So um, just it has so much character. But we were fortunate in the fact that, I mean, you know, the, the state and the city both know um, that a lot of times these buildings, if they're not being used, they're, you know, they're, it's hard to take care of buildings that sit empty. And they realize the benefit of allowing us, you know, to, to, to take it and to, to dig a, a trench drain back in the back room and, and to do things that change. It doesn't change the character or the, you know, the charm of the building. It just makes it usable. And, you know, they, they, they knew that that was an important thing to, to keep the building, you know, I guess it, not in a state of disrepair. 
and the fact that my parents already had an established um, food business. So they had a food truck and they already had quite a following. And we were able to pair together with them and do a permanent on-site food truck of their food because this building wasn't going to be capable of having a commercial kitchen. That was one of the things they said right out the gate, you know, sorry, but we've had restaurants come into train depots and they tear out walls and they have to do all these changes to make it fit like standards of code for kitchens. And we were like, oh, no, no, we won't have to do that. My parents are going to do the food service part. And we so, didn't want to touch food service. Yeah. We're like, no, we're not <laughs> a restaurant. We're opening up a brewery. We can let someone else do the food. So. That's a very, very smart idea. We handle the the, the beverages and and then let y'all go outside and bring in some food and and it's a win win for for everyone and and, you, and like you said, you guys have been there for almost. You're coming up here soon in, in two years, a year and a half right now. Like, what's the reception been? Um, because there's not a whole lot of breweries on that part of the state. <laughs> oh, we're the first because yeah. the county was pretty dry. <laughs> the, the closest one is in West Virginia, uh, the Peddler over in Huntington. But other than that, you have to go to Moorhead or Pikeville, which are not, you know, I mean, they're day drives, but they're not not super close. But the reception's been great. Um, you know, we we've had a lot of we we i tell people i like it when people come for the first time i like it even better when they come back the second and third time but uh we have we have a lot of regulars we have people come in we're slow, we're starting to show up on results in like google so we'll have people passing through on their way to you know lexington and they red river gorge red we river get a lot gorge. of people that are going hiking yeah. and uh breweries near me and we pop up uh yeah, so they stop yeah the community's been great everyone supported us and 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 uh, the reception has been warm and welcoming and we're happy where we are and happy that we did this. And what's really cool, too, is that, um, like I said, part of the revitalization of this little downtown. Uh, one thing when we saw the crazy dingo brewing in Florida and we were like, oh, it's so cool to have farmers markets and farm stands and you can buy produce and all these things. Um, actually, last week, the um, UK uh, extension, extension office. offices, farmers market. Uh, that's in Greenup County put in a Thursday market in downtown. So it's a four to seven evening market. And so we're a part of a farmer's market, you know, when we were like, oh, well, we have to scrap that plan, but now yeah. we are. And it's just so cool the way the universe works Absolutely. and it ends up kind of how we envisioned it after all. Um, and, but... and one of the coolest things, and I guess it kind of goes under the reception is, uh, yeah, the, from the beer side of it, uh, when we open, so I, I have uh, assistant brewer, Chris Matney, who is, he's he's the man like him and i met we we jogged well and, and we brew together and, and we make some good beers but when we opened we knew that there was not there was a craft beer following but there wasn't the craft beer following that, that we we really wanted so we knew that we needed a lot we needed a light beer because a lot of people around here are domestic light beer drinkers i say drink what you like i have nothing against that but you know we, we sell craft beer so we brewed a blondale was the first beer that we brewed uh, we sold through it we sold it in out in no time so from that we started kind of uh doing a little different thing so the next brew we brew with our irish red we named it the red devil ale after the local high school which uh, is low-hanging fruit you name a beer after the local sports team like you're gonna sell <laughs> that but people started buying it and they realized that beer with a little color to it isn't as scary as they think so now we have people who would never touch anything other than Bill miller light bud light they are drinking our our uh stout we do a bluegrass brown ale, a brown ale conditioned with bourbon and oak. But my, my crowning achievement is, uh, as, as kind of, I call it my passion project. I wanted to do a black IPA and we did it. And it turned out it's it's probably the best beer we've ever made. And it's, probably, this, it's definitely the favorite beer I've ever made. 
And we have people that when they came in, they drank the blonde and then they were drinking the black IPA. And I knew that had we tried to sell a black IPA when we opened, it would have sat for months. But now just seeing the, the reception of craft beer and the evolution of, of drinkers from, you know, a lighter beer with not a lot of character to something that is going to smack you in the face with hops and malt and 8.6 ABV. <laughs> you only need one. You only need one. Exactly. <laughs> but, but you talk about being part of the community and doing things. And I think that's really the ethos of a, a lot of craft breweries and towns. And, and you kind of, you guys want to take a different kind of mindset too there where you also want to be, eco-friendly you know as well with everything you do promote inclusive inclusivity and things like that why is that mindset so important to y'all so the um we really wanted to try to be as zero waste as possible that was really um and we knew it wasn't going to be cheap we knew that it was going to you know cost us uh to to stick to that and for the most part we do you know we do a lot of dishes by hand because we don't have a dishwasher. Um, but we we compost and we have an onset. So part of the the appeal of this place is that there's a um there was a garden and landscaped little um memorial garden out front and the city gave me permission to put in an organic herb garden. So we're growing our own herbs that we use in the teas that we are using in the food on the food truck. Um, so we are composting and we're using um, actual compostable stuff, not the compostable cups that go to the landfill and never break down because it's not composted right. Um, so we're really trying to stick to that um, like earth friendly, conscious uh, mindset because that's who we are as people and how we live our life at home. Um, so we felt that to be responsible business owners that we stuck to that as much as possible. And then um for the like welcome to all and the inclusivity of all of um like our business practice it's also how we live our life and um our whole family is part of the lgbtqia community and um so we want everyone to feel welcome and safe here and um that's the way we that's the way we approach our business as well we want everyone to feel like this is their home so um and we do that by um, having our what uh what is the sticker on the door uh, that open to all open to all and uh our bathrooms are uh, non gendered and um you know we just yeah, we we created a safe space for everyone and you know we we've had people come in that say I feel so comfortable here and you know this is the first time here and I'll be back you know I just feel accepted I feel comfortable and and that's what we wanted to do because we you know. We wanted to create a safe space, craft beer and craft tea. You know, everyone, everyone deserves craft beer and craft tea. And being able to to provide a space for that has, has been awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say good drinks for 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 everyone. And and like you guys have said, there's no TVs when 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 they visit. There's a food truck though on site. There's games and it's got that more family-friendly atmosphere. Uh so what can folks expect when they do step into that historic train uh train depot? Well, uh I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of what people say the first time they come here. We, we hear it's, you know, oh, this is cute. This is, this is cozy. This is pleasant. Eclectic clutter yeah, has eclectic. been the uh, design style that I um, have been kind of branded with. Um, but we have like a old safe that's original to the building in the little sitting area. 
uh, we have fireplaces, electric fireplaces and cozy couches and throws. And um, the the floor is uh, industrial concrete that's been patched a couple of times because it's original to the building. Um, it's all the, all the walls are wooden. Um, the, it's got three doors on the front and three doors on the back. And um, so each area is kind of unique. Like the area we're sitting in right now is the little um, sitting area off of the bar. Um, the dining room is its own little room um, where we have all the tables and chairs and board games and card games. And then there's a glass fronted door that is locked usually, but you can see through it to where um, Justin brews. And, and the the whole, uh, I guess, uh, transition from room to room is kind of humorous because, so like Kristen said, the tap room is cozy, you know, have, has shelves, plants, you know, like a cool little vibe. We also have a houseplant business um, and uh, cute little gifts that operates out of the brewery as well. So uh, eclectic clutter. Yeah, it's, it's, so the middle room is more train, train memorabilia oriented. That's where we put a lot of the train memorabilia. Then you go back to the brew house where, where I let... I let my weirdness uh, speak out. So there's vintage horror movie posters and, and you know, just things that are, are just in focus because that was the one room that I was given full. He uh, loves ghosts. So yeah. he's got all of his ghost I, I, paraphernalia. He got weird with it. Yeah, and... I went real weird with the brew house. So, which is funny because, yeah, that was another quote that when, when we first decided to do this, I tell people, I was like, if you're a fan of It's Always Sunny, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there's a part where Frank Reynolds says, I don't know how many years I got left on this earth. I'm going to get real weird with it. And I said, that's my mentality. You know, if we're going to open up a brewery, we're going to get real weird with it because you know, we don't know how many years we have left. Now, now with that, what, what are, what, what are each of y'all's favorite brews that you have made Justin with beer and uh, Kristen with, with the tea that might be on tap, you know, when people swing by. Well, as far as beer, uh, we, we will do it again because of the reception, but I mentioned it earlier, the Black IPA. Um, as Kristen mentioned, I'm a ghost fan, so it was named Year Zero. Um, but it it was it was just perfect. I mean, it 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 got a such a warm response. I loved it. Um it's it's my favorite beer. Uh, it's it will come back. There's that there's that much of a demand for it, but uh but yeah, I mean, I, the, I there's no beers I make that I don't like. I tell people it's like you know it's like a kid. You're not you might like some better than the other, but you're not going to dislike all of them. But uh, but yeah, the Year Zero is my absolute favorite, and hopefully we'll get that back soon. It was fun to make, and it's even you know, more fun to watch people drink. I will say I have a favorite beer that he's brewed, but it took him a year and a half to brew it. I love sours. And he was like adamant at the beginning. He was like, I'm not brewing any sours, Kristen. Just go ahead and, you know, I mean, go I ahead and get that. He's like, I'm afraid of contaminating yeah, the brew house. I didn't that, lact <laughs> that lactose scared me. So, and so uh, but he actually just put um, his first, uh, it was a cherry sour on tap last week. And we've already sold through almost all of it. Yeah. I had a really warm reception, but um, well, if anybody's going to be at craft bash in June, we will have, uh, we, that was one of the beers we're taking. I don't know if we're supposed to say that yet, but uh, yeah. anyway, yes, yeah, so it's sour. We'll have, um, we'll have that one there. But yeah, it's, it's been, we, we finally figured out the way to do it safely. Uh, the assistant brewer, Chris came across it and he did some test batches and Kristen loved it. So when we, My when we teased it, I said our resident tea expert and sour aficionado because she's been the pusher and she gave us two thumbs up. So, and uh, with teas, we, um, I have 22 different um, tea blends that we carry and people can get by the cup or package tea. Um, the 
the favorite is probably the blueberry pancake and um, the strawberry sunshine teas. But, um, and those are bestsellers and everybody really loves those. But my favorite um, is one that I'm actually releasing um, tomorrow and it's an elderberry chai. And uh, so I, uh, I think it's going to have a really warm reception, but, um, but I made it back during the winter as just a test batch as part of an herbalism workshop I did. And everybody that was a part of that, they're just like, hey, when can we make more of that? How can we get some of that? And so it kind of sparked like, oh, I probably need to just actually take the time to formulate that recipe on a bulk, massive scale. Um, so I did, and we're releasing that, but that's what I've been drinking on the last six months. So I was going to say, just hearing all that, it's no wonder that I can see many more tea and beer collaborations come come together because I feel like the flavors can can work out well. And and my my last question is is what's the future for y'all? Because obviously it's still young in the in the the whole big picture of it all. So what's kind of the next plans that that you can kind of talk about and and you're looking forward to? Well, I'll, I'll answer to the to the brewing side, and Christy can can talk about what what's in store for the tea side. Um, as far as brewing, um, we we want to the demand is increased exponentially, and we're finding it hard to keep the tap room stocked as well as cans, as well as you know we have some local restaurants interested in the beer, and so we're looking into uh, upgrading our system right now. We're one barrel. We're looking at getting a little going a little bit bigger so we can produce more beer. Um, you know, right now it's a struggle because one thing I don't think I've mentioned is I still have a full-time job in addition to this. So, uh, so time is at a premium and just being able to brew more beer in one swoop would, would work out so much better. So we're, we're looking at expanding our operations a little bit, um, you know, cans more consistently beer in local restaurants and just, just making more beer. And it's, the beer's good. I, I, it's rare for me to say that because like I said, I'm my own worst enemy, but I'm slowly realizing that there is a demand and a large demand for the beer we make, and we're doing what we can to to push it out and, and increase production so we get it in the mouths and hands of more people. And uh, with the tea side of things, uh, we actually just um, a month and a half ago, we got the permission. So there's an old switch tower that's on the property, and it was a part of our lease, um, but it's been in disrepair since the late 90s. And so um, my friend that does the houseplant business, um, her business is Sage and Root, and she's like, has all the same business principles that we have. And so in the last year, we have done markets together. So we collaborate and we put all of our stuff together and go out into the community. And um, it's just worked so well. And when we were looking at the switch tower, we were like, man, wouldn't that make a cool little like tea and houseplant shop? And the closest houseplant shop and um, like eclectic little gift shop is in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, so we were just like, man, we're perfectly positioned right here on the corner of this revitalization. And so we're in the process of writing historical restoration grants for that building. Um, and with the goal of having that be a workshop and um, shop as well for people to buy teas and plants. And um, until we get it open, we're doing the Thursday markets with the farmer's market and um, then setting up at additional markets Which throughout is, the area. It's funny, too, because as Kristen's been working on this building, she's like, look at all this room you're going to get to have back because, you know, we have a, 
a corner with her teeth and we have all the, the retail stuff and she's like you're gonna be able to do so much more yeah, in here I was over like I have an apothecary corner yeah. over in the side by the bar and it's got a huge apothecary cabinet and then I just keep spilling out into different areas <laughs> yeah. of the brewery and he's just like Kristen yeah but, you really need to consolidate but she knows that's like the one place that hadn't spilled into is the brew house but yeah, yeah she, she and went. when I start to put stuff in there he's like ah, 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 no. what are we doing <laughs> that's his plate that is his spot out of there <laughs> well it sounds like y'all got some amazing things coming down down the pipe you got some ama- amazing things going on and folks if you're in in the area visiting russell going through i, I highly recommend giving them a try and justin and Kristen, thank you so much for for sharing this with me well, thanks for having us yeah. nice talking to you find more from hops and spirits at hopspirits.com thanks everybody bye